hype up Alex or anything like that. It's because I, when I say stuff, I truly mean it. I think he's one of the best in the business at covering it, uh, covering the Preds. You can find him on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. You guys are uh, you guys are awesome, and I, I love coming on. And, yeah, Tuesday – Tuesdays uh, don't work. I'll, I'll go Monday. I'll go Sunday. I'll, I'll do midnight on a Saturday night if you want to. I, I'll do whatever you want. A grinder guy, you know, because you know, Bruno's gone for, for eight weeks or whatever. Alex, we there's a chair over here. If you want to meander into the studio, we might have to do a, you know, an Alex Darty full full day interview, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. I mean, oh. I, I will say today's not a good day because I, I've been, I've been kind of working. I've been working a lot over the last 24 to 48 hours on – all kinds of stuff because I tell you what this, I mean this franchise has had a lot of big things happen. Obviously, Stanley Cup Final, All Star Games, all kinds of stuff. I mean there has not been a more newsworthy 24, 48 hours for this team uh, ever. I mean this has been crazy. Uh, everything from Saturday to, to trading Nino Niederreiter and the debates after that to finding out about injuries to finding out that they were trading uh, Tanner Janot, and then obviously the biggest news that David Poyle is stepping down, and then Barry Trotz. I mean, just the combination of David Poyle retiring and Barry Trotz showing up is enough. But like all all of it, and then there's, and then they played a game last night, so it's been pretty crazy over the last uh, last day or so. And they win, <laughs> you know. Out of all of this, they <laughs> actually win one. Uh, so th- okay. The whole anthology, if you will, the whole whatever, the saga of all this, it starts off with Nino and then ends with Poyle like you're talking about. How do you how do you judge all of this that's happened? Has has there been any clarity? Because we it's like we're it's like Star Wars, right? Like we got episode four first, you know, we don't really know. We didn't really get all the answers right away. Has this been a Poyle driven maneuvers that they've done with the trades has trots been in on this has is it a combination of both what is your and 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 if they have said anything are you believing what they're actually saying yeah let let me let let me give a a pretty simple timeline as i understand it uh and this was just what i've gleaned from today and from reading all kinds of stuff about it and then hearing what the parties said today Three or four years ago, uh, hard to, hard to tell if it was three years ago or four years ago, but three, three or four years ago, David Poyle basically went to ownership and said, "We need to start figuring out a succession plan, transition plan, whatever." Likely, that got extended because of COVID. I think that's pretty clear that because of COVID, it was like, okay, well, we can't leave in the middle. We can't have David Poyle leave in the middle of this madness. So, so that happens. But then last May, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Barry Trotz is fired by the uh, New York Islanders. And also simultaneous to that, the New York Nashville Predators are knocked out of the Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoffs uh, by the Colorado Avalanche. Almost like the same week. I mean, it was it was really, really close uh, timing. Right. When the when the team got knocked out, David Poyle reportedly went to Sean Henry and the owners and said, this next year is going to be my last year. We need to start thinking about who we want to take the, take my place, and you know Barry Trotz went home, went you know dealt with some family stuff, and apparently got some offers from coaching uh, for some coaching jobs. Turned them all down, said I want to step away for a little while. But then apparently, when he moved back to Nashville sometime in the fall, late summer fall, uh, he started connecting with David Poyle again, and they started conversations and slowly started talking. And by Christmas of last year, so a couple months ago, two, three months ago, whatever it was, 
basically the plan was in place. And ever since then, over the last couple months, they've been kind of hammering out the details. How would it happen? Who would, you know, what, what are the, what's the timing of all this? And then that leads us to Sunday when the announcement is made. So, so this has all kind of taken place over the last, what, nine months or so. Uh, even though the real beginnings of the snowball were three or four years ago when David Poyle said, I, this is going to be my, you know, we need to start figuring out a plan here. So that's, that's basically how, what we know happened. What do you, what would you grade this transition period? Because I was talking about this uh, in the first segment that uh, there's there's obviously a world where you could say David Poyle did an amazing job with the Preds and you don't have the product that you have today without him at the helm of this team, obviously. But uh, it does feel like the last three years, two years, whatever that time frame you want to make it, has been a bit of a stain on his legacy. It has been. I think part of that is, you know, some of it is his own doing. I mean, there are some moves that are just bad. I mean, the straight up, you know, just losing Ellie Tolvin in for nothing. The Kevin Fiala, Mikhail Granlin trade certainly looks bad. But then there were some other moves that made sense. I mean, look, look at Tanner Janot, not just the not just the trade that just happened, but he was an undrafted free agent. They found this guy. So they turned an undrafted spot on their roster, just a, a walk-on spot on their roster. They just turned into perhaps the biggest haul in their draft in their trade history ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. So is his overall legacy tarnished? No, I, I don't think so. He is the foundation of Nashville hockey. He is, he's not just on Mount Rushmore. I think he, I think he is Mount Rushmore of, of Nashville predators hockey. I mean, he kind of is that whole thing. So, I, I mean, yes, the last, the, you know, how, how it ends is not really how you'd think about it. It's almost like, you know, if there's a, a really good actor that's in a bunch of really great movies, like a Marlon Brando type, you think about him in these great movies, but then, you know, the last few roles that he had weren't all the, weren't very good. And he was <laughs> kind of on his last leg, kind of the same thing. I still think his legacy is there. I think he's the most, imp- probably the most important figure in Nashville, you know, executive figure for sure in Nashville hockey history. I don't think it affects it too much. And now, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the transition. Talking with Alex Darty, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty one Preds writer for A to Z Sports. Uh, all right, so the Poyo Barry Trotz thing, I, I, that's going to be a, more of a talking point the further we go on, obviously. Let's talk about the here and now, the Tanner Janot trade and the Nino trade. Uh, one, everybody hated, and the other, everyone was forced to love, it felt like. Yeah, okay, so the Nino Niederreiter trade, there was a lot of polarizing takes on that. I, I mean – there were a lot of people who felt that they didn't get enough. Personally, I thought it was a, an even trade because if you consider Nino Niederreiter, it was a team-friendly contract hit, but you know the, where, the place the Predators were in with their cap, uh, even a $4 million cap hit for next year is something they had to, to think about you know, getting rid of. They need cheap, cheap, cheap players, and Niederreiter is a reasonably cheap player, but they can't even afford that right now. So getting a second-round pick, he wasn't going to get a first out of that. He wasn't going to get a, and he didn't, he wanted more than a third Tampa or not Tampa, but, um, um, Oh, now I'm blanking. Where did he go just now? Winnipeg. Thank you. Yeah. Winnipeg, <laughs> <You're> Winnipeg, <laughs> Winnipeg was, uh, interested in, in getting a, uh, giving up a second round and, uh, you know, they just didn't have one for this year. I think that was fine. The Tanner Janot trade makes it even better because when you combine all of those picks together, they have just, 
completely flipped the prospect of what of what their draft looks like. I just looked this up before coming on here. They are going to have 11 picks in the draft this year in 2023. 11 picks. That's going to be their large. Assuming nothing else changes, that's going to be their largest draft class ever since they've shortened the draft in 2005 used to be um, a 10 round draft. Now it's, or no, I'm sorry, nine round draft. Now it's a seven round draft. So uh, <laughs> they, they are going to have a massive draft class. And when it comes to the NHL draft, it's not like football. In fact, Barry Trotz said this today. It's not like football. Uh, you can't get these, you know, 22, 23 year old guys coming in and all of a sudden starting a, a starting role in the roster or starting roster. You, it's going to take time with these guys. And because of that, you you are going to miss on a lot of these guys. But if you have more volume, you have a lot of players to pick from. You're going to have a higher chance of hitting. So that's what they've got. They they've got you know if they have 11 picks, five of which are in the top 100, which I think is a good benchmark. I think that's a good number to be in. If you have a lot of picks in the top 100, you're more likely to get some key players. They they are they have just in one weekend completely flipped the script on their outlook in terms of the draft, in terms of their prospects, in terms of their direction uh, over the next few years. Well, and this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago, I believe, Alex, that the only way people could really get excited was two things. Load up for a future for a future rebuild, which check, they did that, and then move on from David Poyle, check, they did that all in the span of about five hours. And I, I think right now is probably the most excited that the Nashville fan base has been in what since the the 20, 2017, 2015 era, like in that time frame. Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I think it's definitely it, it all of a, all of a sudden got some momentum. And I think the other thing is, if you have a franchise, or I'm sorry, if you have a fan base that has been kind of stuck for just years now. And you make just these two or three key moves in one weekend, including the biggest one with David Poyle. I mean, it it's going to change the outlook. I mean, look, the last if, – if they didn't make this move now and if they didn't make these trades, this last 25 games of the season would be miserable. I mean, it would be pulling teeth to get people to come to these games. It would be boring to watch because you don't know what the direction of the franchise is. Now – there's a lot of excitement. People are like, "Oh, let's let's watch let's watch Cody Glass and Tomasino. Let's see what see if Alex Carey is feeling good back from his injury. Let's see what Yusuf Parson can do. Let's see let's see how these young guys can mesh with some of the old guys again. Because now there's less pressure on them making the playoffs. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They don't need to make the playoffs. But no, you know, I think that last home game of the year uh, in front of the fans, people are going to be okay with that. They're going to think, you know what, things are looking up and. That's going to go a long way to next year, which, you know, the team's probably going to be in the same position next year, not be very good, but it's going to be a much easier sell to get people in to, to watch that team because, you know, there's there's bigger things on the horizon. So not to mention the draft is in Nashville this year and they're going to have 11 draft picks. They're going to be calling Nashville's name a lot at the draft, which is in Nashville, which is kind of fitting. Now, you've said this and I've been saying it, taking it as my own thoughts. Uh, because I, I take smarter people's thoughts and I just say they're mine. Um, but John <laughs> Hines is probably out now, right? Well, that's a harder question. Um, you know, John Hines was there today. He was in front. He was sitting right in front of me, actually. And uh, and you know, during the 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 during all the pleasantries at the beginning, you know, there was certainly mention of John Hines and. 
Barry Trotz mentioned several times he really likes John Hines as a coach. He, he He's going to keep evaluating and, and see how the rest of this year goes, but that he really likes him. He also said some interesting stuff about you know him being a coach. He knows when he walks walks in a room, he knows when he watches the team if that team is well-coached or not. And he said, I think they're well-coached. And so I think he has good thoughts about John Hines. But you know, Hines only has one year left on his contract now. Uh, who knows what will happen after that because – if they're not thinking that Hines is the guy to take them to the Stanley Cup, but that he's pretty good with young players, you know, why not keep him around for a year? I mean, he's if he's not the guy that's going to carry you to the Stanley Cup all, you know, all the way there, you know, there's no real reason to fire him now because that's not the team that you are right now, clearly. He's pretty good at developing young players, at least for the most part. There are some players he's missed on, but for the most part, he is pretty good at that. So why not keep him around? I kind of think that's where they're thinking right now, but... You know, ultimately, we don't really know because Trotz is the signal caller now, and he might decide, you know, after uh, after a couple months of, of Hines, he might just decide, you know what, I want to get my guy. So I would lean towards Hines is sticking around, but that could change easily, I think. Alex, you're going to have to be on retainer because it just feels like we could get a lot of more, a whole lot more Preds news, and I'm just going to have to have you ready. So just be ready to pick up the phone when we call. Well, my price is very cheap. It's, you know, zero dollars. So it, it, you can, whatever, whatever, if you can cover that, you're good. Who have I been paying all these thousands of dollars to, to get you on the show? I'm getting screwed oh, that's, by that's somebody. Probably, Bru probably Bruno, I would imagine. <laughs> Alex Darty, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty. One covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Always great having you on, buddy. Yep. Talk to you guys later. Good stuff there from Alex. I mean, there, 